Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Look, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And um, look, if you've got a Bible, that'd be great. Or if you've got uh, this thing that is a Bible that doubles as a phone, please uh, open it up, open it up. It's, um, I'm looking at pas- the passage is 1 Peter chapter 4. I want to sort of use this as our anchor point here. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12, 13 and 14. So 1 Peter 4, verse 12 to 13, 14. Okay. Um, I want to thank you so much for supporting the persecuted church. You are already doing that by inviting me to come along. And I know there are some supporters here of Open Doors uh, who pray for the persecuted, but also um, give financially to uh, the ministry of Open Doors. And that goes around the world to support the persecuted church, the church that is suffering for the name of Christ. So thank you for those supporters. And thank you for all of you for having me here today. Um, Open Doors has been doing this for about 70 years now, uh, going to wherever the church is suffering. Brother Andrew started it, but it's now being continued by thousands of people all around the world. And we have uh, partners in places like North Africa, uh, in places in Asia, uh, and also the Middle East, where persecution of Christians is full on, is full on. One in seven Christians are persecuted for their faith in a real tangible way every year. That's 360 million Christians who are under the pump. We don't really feel it here like they do. Unlike other charities, I suppose, um, we don't actually seek to end that difficulty. That's strange, isn't it? Uh, most charities seek to end a problem, which is fantastic, and we, we, they need our support. But we actually don't seek to end persecution in places like Afghanistan or North Korea or Iran. We want to see people in those difficult places follow Jesus no matter the cost. No matter the cost. People like Arav and Neela from India... India has actually, in our world watch list, which we uh, give out every year at the start of the year, is the top 50 countries in the world where Christians are persecuted and we rank them. And India is now at number 10 in the world. You wouldn't think that, but it is. Through Hindu nationalism, Christians and Muslims even are being persecuted and pushed out of that country. Arav and Neela from India... Arav, was a, an, he, was, he belonged to this extremist group in India and he was in prison for his crimes. Um, but while he was in prison, Arav, sort of his heart opened up to seek after God. He heard the gospel, he received the gospel of good news, his salvation through Jesus Christ in there. And then after a few years after he got out, he went back to his village to be, and he became very influential. He started to influence people with the gospel. Now, he was the funny thing. Before he left and when he was in the extremist group doing all sorts of evil, violent things, the people in the village said nothing. 
But as soon as he came back and he started to talk about Jesus, they started to rise up against him and his family. And one night they broke into his home and they beat him and they chased him and Neela and their four children out of their home. And they had to hide in the jungle for three or four days. They came back to the village and our local partners there, the Open Doors partners, went and asked him to, to help him and give him provision to see that he was okay and his family. They asked him, brother, why don't you leave this place? And he replied, God has called me to this place. Even if I die, I will go and meet Jesus. He was prepared. He was ready to count the cost, to follow Jesus no matter the cost. Two years ago, Arav was killed by the same extremist group that he had belonged to. And Open Doors partners were able to go and support his wife, Neela. And when they went to see her and her four children, she was happy and smiling and praising the Lord. And they thought, this is a little strange. And they asked her, Neela, would you like us to take you somewhere else to, to provide another place for you and your children? We can help you to do that and help you relocate. And Neela replied, I will continue the work my husband and I have started. If they want to kill me, they can come and kill me. I don't bother about being killed. I bother about the souls that God has given us in this village. Prepared to count the cost. And we marvel at these stories, don't we? And so we should. It's right for us to go, wow, you know, that's an amazing story. And but this has been normal for Christians for 2,000 years, has it not? Our Lord Jesus was crucified, nailed to a cross, persecuted. And then he said to his followers, you're no greater than your master. Pick up your cross and follow me. When we become Christians, when we give our life to him and we are baptised, we follow Jesus and that means picking up our cross and being prepared. We believe at Open Doors what the, the very early church said in the second century AD uh, to Tullian. He said this, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Let that soak in, literally. The blood of the martyrs when it falls to the ground is the seed that produces a harvest. And we in the West, I think, have forgotten that. Our culture is so comfortable, isn't it? We're so rich. We've got so much. The suffering church is like seed that produces two things. It produces real Christians, number one, and it produces more Christians. That's what happens when the church is suppressed and martyred. It doesn't die away it eventually pops back up and produces amazing harvest for God. In the West, we desire that, don't we? We come to church and if you're a Christian today, you deeply desire to see other people follow Jesus. You wanna see a harvest, don't you? We pray for that, don't we? We seek it, we do ministry for that. We wanna see people become Christians, be baptised like today. Praise the Lord, we saw that today. 
That, that, that is an evidence of the fruit of the glory of God, the Holy Spirit working through the ministry of this church. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. We wanna see real Christians be baptised and do amazing things. And we wanna see more of them. But are we ready to count the cost to see more of that? Today's passage is for us. It's such an encouraging word from Peter. Let me read it to you. It says here, hopefully you've got it open with you. Beloved, I want you to hear that word. Beloved, you're loved. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. Wow. Look at verse 14. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. That's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? The spirit of glory rests upon you. And as you read the gospels, where did the spirit of God rest? There's two places in the gospel where you see the spirit of God come down and rest upon Jesus. Do you remember the two places? One is at his baptism, down in the valley. I've been to the Dead Sea. It's, it's like 400 metres below sea level, 400 feet, I think. It's a long way down. And then he gets transformed on top of the mountain and the Spirit comes upon him there. You see, the Spirit of glory rests upon him when he looks like the majesty on high, on the top of the mountain but it first rested upon him when he was humble and went down and was baptised. When John said, I, don't, I, don't want to, I can't baptise you, you need to baptise me. The spirit of glory rests on Jesus when he is humble and in submission, even when he hangs on a cross. You see, friends, it's persecution it might be suffering and difficulty first and then glory later, yeah? The Spirit of God rests upon us down here and when we get the victory as well. It's an amazing word here from 1 Peter chapter 4. Beloved, from that scripture, you can know you are beloved. Do not be surprised and rejoice. That's the message today. Beloved, you are loved. Sometimes we just skip over that, that little word there. But I just want for a moment to pause and have a look at that word. Because I think a lot of us Christians sometimes struggle with really accepting the love of God. Sometimes we believe we are un unworthy of His love. And in some sense, that's true because we're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. Yet... Jesus died for our sin and His blood covers our sin. He atoned for our sin. And so therefore God now looks upon us and as He looked upon His Son, He said, this is my Son at last. This is the one in whom I'm well pleased. 
in whom I love. And Jesus died for us and gives us his righteousness in place for our sin. And you and me, when we accept that, become the beloved. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? You are beloved of God. And the reason why I want to pause and just emphasise this is that when difficulty comes, when pushback comes, when you declare that you're a Christian to your family and your friends and your community in your workplaces and people sneer and snigger, you will retreat if you do not believe that you are loved of God. When you know the love of God and you are confident in His love and His acceptance, you'll stand and you'll be prepared to count the cost. Just like Arav and Neela, they knew they were beloved of God and therefore they could stay and count the cost for Jesus. Knowing what? Knowing that glory was waiting for them. There was glory in the suffering even. The spirit of glory rested upon them as they were chased out of their house, as they hid in the jungle, and as Arav gave up his life for the Lord Jesus. God looks at that and says, that is glorious. Because they're not trying to protect their lives. They've given it to Jesus. And they're confident in his glorious return. Praise be to God. They were totally convinced that they were loved and secure in his love. I want to tell you a little story about Miriam and Marzia. Miriam and Marzia, two young Iranian Christian girls, went off to Turkey to um, go to university. And uh, while they're at university, they, they were approached by other Iranians there who were also studying. And um, these other Iranians preached the gospel to them, shared the good news of Jesus with Miriam and Marzia. And Miriam and Marzia became Christians while in Turkey at university. And uh, over the four years of studying, they were discipled and equipped and they decided we are gonna go home to Iran and we're gonna take Bibles with us and other Christian literature. And we're gonna go back and give it. And so they arrived in Iran and they told their family, we've become Christian. And they gave them Bibles and they started talking to them about Jesus. And the response was amazing. Fam the family were like overwhelmed and some of them took it and read the Bible, read the gospel and became Christians. Amazing. And so they said, well, we're gonna tell our friends now. And so they went and told their friends. And again, it was an amazing response. And some of their friends became Christians. And lots of people becoming Christians and being discipled by Miriam and Marzia. But the authorities soon found out someone dobbed them in. And they, uh, they, were, they were put in prison. They were taken and put in, put in jail. And they appeared in front of an Islamic court with a judge looking down at them. And he said to them, why have you become Christians? Why have you given up your faith and become Christians? And Miriam declared this, Jesus is the beginning and the end. 
He is everything. Jesus is the one and only true saviour of the world. Nothing you can do will make us deny the truth or water it down. Wow. Prepared to count the cost. Prepared to count the cost. That must have been amazing pressure. They were thrown back into jail and every day they were interrogated by, the, by their guards and by the, the warden at the jail and just constantly said, if you just sign this document that you've, you've renounced your faith and you've gone back to your old faith, you can go back home to your family and friends. Would you, the, the door is open. Give up your Christian faith. We will, we will release you. But the girls replied this, our trust and reliance are with God. We believe it is the Lord's will that our freedom lies in His hands alone. If the Lord wishes to release us, no one can stand in His way. Wow. Miriam and Marzia, they just stood firm because they were not surprised. Look there in your Scripture. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange was happening to you. Friends, when you are persecuted for your faith, that is not strange. That is not weird. It's normal. And we in the West have to come to grips with that. We have to. Or else we just won't stand. We will be Christians here as soon as we walk out there, we will retreat. And I know if you're a Christian here today, you don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to be ready to count the cost. It's in my heart to count the cost for Jesus, to stand for Him, to be full of joy and praise for Jesus here as we sing these songs but also to go out there and show my true identity. But alas, we shrink back. We're not prepared to count the cost. That's the challenge today I bring to you. I know in your heart that you want to, and I want to desperately. And that's the way this world will be transformed when we are open and honest about who we are unashamed of Jesus, ready to count the cost. Not surprised by the fiery trial that is gonna come as soon as we do that, because it will come. There will be pushback. Are you ready? Are you ready to accept it? Do not be surprised by persecution. Miriam and Marzia, we're not surprised. In fact, the whole Iranian church were ready to count the cost from the very beginning and they are never surprised. They are the best evangelists in the world at the moment. They're amazing. Back in 1979, um, the Shah was taken out. There was a coup and um, the Ayatollahs, the religious heavies, took over and they've had control ever since. And we know what's going on there at the moment. If you have a look in the newspapers and get online and stuff like that, you'll see that there's a bit of an uprising at the moment because the people of Iran are sick and tired of the oppression. But in 1980, 
it was estimated that there was only 500 Christians in the country. After the Ayatollahs came in and persecuted the church, chucked out the Westerners and put the Christians in jail and even murdered many of them. 500 left in 1980. Do you wanna know how many born again Christians, followers of Jesus are now living in Iran? 1.5 million in 40 years. What changed? What made that happen? Was that that 500 met in 1980 and they declared that they would do three things. That they would give out Bibles. That they would talk to people about Jesus and that they would die for it. They were ready to count the cost. And so they did. Every time they met in their secret home churches because they had to meet in secret, otherwise they were dead. You couldn't do this in Iran. You couldn't have one preacher like me up the front teaching and doing this, otherwise I'd be dead. So what they had to do is meet in secret in their homes and do discipleship around the table. A great thing to do, by the way. Open up their Bibles, pray, learn the Word of God. And then at the end of every time they did that, each person got seven Bibles for the next seven days to give out to someone. And they were determined to do it and they did it. And some of them got killed for that. But they were determined. They had decided to follow Jesus. Not surprised by the fiery trial when it came upon them. And then we have 1.5 million Christians in Iran and the people of Iran are desperate to hear the gospel of Jesus because they're so tired of the tyranny of the religion that's over them now. And the church is flourishing and bursting at the seams. And not only that, the diaspora, people who have left Iran all around the world have planted churches all around. We have an Iranian church here also in Brisbane, flourishing, firing. We're starting to do evangelism to Australians. It's good, isn't it? Finally, but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Rejoice in suffering, but not just any sort of suffering. Rejoice in Christ's suffering. When you suffer with him and for him, Glory, glory. It's joy because the spirit of glory rests upon you in that moment. Suffering before glory, I said. You and I must rejoice now in the difficulty of following Jesus, in going out there and sharing the message no matter the cost. We must rejoice in that in order to rejoice in his coming and glory very soon. I want to tell you a story, another final story about a lady called Helen. Uh, Helen uh, is from Eritrea. Her name was Helen Bahani. And uh, she was rejoicing one day after church. They met in church and praising the Lord and heard a cracking message. And uh, she was out the front of her church on, in, at, the street, at the street corner, praising God in the open and, and witnessing to people as they walked past. Uh, the, the, the government there, uh, which is a Christian government, 
but it's been ruled by one person for 35 years now. And he is afraid of one thing, the Bible. Because he knows once the Christian church rises up and hears the Word of God and gets emboldened, that 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 could bring him down. So the army went past, drove past, they saw her, they did a UE, came back, kidnapped her, arrested her and threw into prison. Now, prison in Eritrea is very different to prison here or any other third world countries. Prison in Eritrea is a shipping container in the middle of the desert. And they get 30 people into each container. And Helen went into that rejoicing for Jesus. She was arrested for rejoicing in Jesus and she kept rejoicing as she was thrown in. And it gets so hot in those containers in the middle of the desert that if you're on the edge of that 30 people inside and you, you sort of lean up against the side, you stick to it and it burns you. Helen has burns all down her arms and on her back. Helen was rejoicing because she thought, thank you, Lord, I have 30 people now to evangelise to. And she started sharing them the message of the gospel all the Bible verses that she'd remembered, she would, would t- teach them. And she would sing and praise the Lord openly. And people started to praise with her. But the guards also heard this and they pulled Helen out. And the captain of the guards said to her, Helen, where is your Bible? And Helen said, I don't have a Bible. He says, I know you don't have a Bible. It's in your head, isn't it? And she said, yes, it's in my head. It's also in my heart. And he said, well, we'll have to beat that out of you. And the guards beat her. And at one point they stopped. Is that enough, Helen? Have you had enough? She said to them as she looked up at them, you have commands from your commanding officer. I have commands from my Lord. I will never stop praising his name. Continue. And they beat her till they thought she was dead and they threw her body back in to the container. Praise the Lord, she wasn't. The people in there gave her food and water, nursed her back. And then the guards began to hear it again. Helen praising the Lord and singing and sharing the gospel with whoever would listen. Two and a half years she was in that container. And she was asked, why did you not stop rejoicing and sharing? You could have gone home to your eight-year-old daughter. And Helen's response was simply this, Jesus is the medicine of the world. He must be shared. This is Go Mission Month. Jesus is the medicine of the world. There is no other medicine. He must be shared. And here at Hope Community, you can sow into that. Out there, in other places around the world. But I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. You must do it here too. You must be prepared to count the cost for Jesus, no matter the cost, no matter the cost. I sense 
that there are Christians here today. And maybe even if you're not a Christian yet and you're wondering, what is the purpose of my life? I want to tell you it's to follow Jesus, no matter the cost. He's calling you today to follow him, to rejoice even when you become a Christian and are baptised and in your baptism you're humbled and you're saying, I'm now prepared to go out there and count the cost. That is the greatest calling on your life that you can ever imagine. It's the greatest moment of rejoicing. But Gemma and all of us who follow Jesus have declared we're no greater than our master. We're no greater than our brothers and sisters around the world who suffer. We are joining with them in humility. We are dying to ourselves and rising. Humility, suffering, then glory. What a gift it is the Lord Jesus calls us to, to join Him in both of those things. And so I wanna encourage you today, if you haven't invited Jesus into your life yet, And He's been calling you. He's been speaking to you and you know that. It's time today to rejoice, to count the cost and to follow Him. But if you have been a Christian too, many of us come to church and we rejoice and praise His name right here but we're afraid out there. Jesus is calling you to join in here and out there to count the cost, to know pure joy as you do that, as you wait expectantly for His glory to come when He is revealed from heaven above and all justice reigns again on the earth. And those who have bled for Him who has suffered ridicule and mocking for His Name, will stand with Him in glory, majesty, no more shame. No more shame for Helen. No more shame for Arav and Neela, Miriam and Marzia. In fact, there is no shame in suffering, is there, for the name and the sake of Jesus Christ. Well, if there is none, join Him. If you would like to do that, if you wanna make a statement today, I wanna count the cost. I wanna go, but I wanna start by simply going out that door and being prepared to be open with my faith and being ready for whatever comes my way. If that is on your heart today, then I'm just gonna ask you to stand. I'm gonna pray for you that the Lord would give you the strength to do that.
pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your son Jesus. He is the beloved. He's beloved when he's humbled and he's beloved when he's glorious. Oh Lord, help us to count the cost like he did. To follow him all the way. Oh Lord, give us that joy to enter into his glory and his sufferings. Oh Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill our hearts so much that we would count it all joy to suffer for the name of Jesus. Just like the disciples, your disciples, Peter and John did as they were whipped by the Sanhedrin and they left that place rejoicing. Worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. Father, for these men and women and children here who have stood, give them the power of your Holy Spirit to follow Jesus, not only in this room, but in every part of their lives. And Lord, give them joy as they share the Gospel, they share their lives, they share their testimony, they share your goodness with others and give them joy even when that is rejected. Oh, we follow the man of sorrows, but we also follow the man of victory. For those who may have stood for the very first time today, to accept your Son as their Lord and Saviour. Thank you so much for them, Lord. Bless them. Thank you that you sent your Son to pay the price for their sin. Their sin does not condemn them any longer. Their sin is gone. It's in the grave where Jesus took it. Thank you that Jesus rose again victorious and they can now rise victorious and follow Him. Father, bless them who have stood for the first time today. Enrich them. Send people around them to encourage them and disciple them and to give them the Word and to pray with them. And also give these people courage to reach out and say, I've done this for the first time. Bless this church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.